What up, what up, what up? Peace. This is the Fire This Time Podcast. I'm Akita G. My name is Sonny Teray, and welcome to episode 94 of the Fire This Time Podcast. So, before we get into uh, the game plan for today, going to welcome the people properly. I keep telling them how to uh, stay in contact with us and uh, yeah, all that. Well, as normally, you know what I'm saying? Welcome back again. And as I said before, peace. You know, this is the Fire This Time Podcast. You know, as normal, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, let us know what you think, and you know we will definitely get back to you and try to respond to those comments when we get those comments. But, uh, you know, we finna get into a little something, just a little quick hitter for the day. You know, we hope everybody doing all right out there, you know what I'm saying? It's still chilly here. We get this Indian weather, but we gonna get it together. But uh, what we popping off with today? So, Aki, the big topics we got for today, we're going to talk about uh, a recent video uh, that Planned Parenthood published uh, about, well, entitled, What is Virginity? Bullshit! And uh, there's been a lot of pushback reaction to it. You know, uh, Planned Parenthood, of course, uh, this publicly funded uh, entity, you know, uh, are, are are they encroaching on the cultural traditions of families or or the rights of parents, you know what I'm saying? Like, what do we think about this notion that children should be led by their imaginations and yeah. parents should allow their children's imaginations to lead them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got we we're gonna dig into all that. We're also gonna talk about uh, the migrant crisis currently occurring throughout the big cities of uh, the U.S., particularly particularly. In New York City and Chicago, those those are the places we studied up on. Yeah. For today, uh, gonna dig into that. Also, maybe try to broach the topic of the average Black working class reaction to the migrant crisis, mm-hmm. and of course whether that is something that has been engineered or not, or has it been something socially engineered, you know, uh, or and to what degree, you know. Yeah. We're going to dig into all that, right? Uh, but to start things off, I key for this week's fire, uh, real quick, I wanted to mention uh, Tucker, Tucker Carlson's recent interview with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Uh, it was published last week. I know for days before it was published, uh, the mainstream media, both liberal and conservative, were up in arms about it. Yeah. And uh, for me, this is important just because, you know, America right now is going through multiple crises, multiple war fronts. Uh, it's an election season. And we know how fraught that is, as we talked about in previous episodes. And within the vast propaganda machine, you know, meant to subdue the public, mm-hmm. prominent within that. And for the past century, this has been the case. Yeah. Prominent within that is the Russian boogeyman. Yeah. Putin right now is the face of that Russian boogeyman mm-hmm. that represents something very important for the Western and U.S.-based elites, mm-hmm. right? And uh, to convince the public that Putin and Russia are evil and against them and against American or Western freedoms mm-hmm. is, you know, part... Uh, is critic is a critical part of uh, the the legitimacy or so or perceived legitimacy of the Western elite or or we just maybe the American project yeah the American dream because the, I mean, the, 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 the promise of capitalism right because I mean I say this no country is going to embrace other countries mm-hmm. like that to the extent that they're going to give an overall good idea or good concept of them they're never going to do that. Um, even when you go to countries that's in good standing with us, they don't do that, you know. But, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They they have to, countries, specifically, we're speaking of the United States, they have to do that to create their, you know, um, perceived dominance of the world. You know, they don't want to let it be known that it's other dominance or dominant powers out there. So it's just typical, you know, United States, how they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of the reaction to the interview uh, was uh, people pointing out, pointing fun at the fact that, you know, Putin, in responding to the first foolish question from Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. about, well, you know, why didn't you just... Well, one of the first questions, I forget what the very first one was, but 
the gist of it was, you know, why did you suddenly decide to invade Ukraine? Why didn't you do it when you got into office? Why did you wait? Mm-hmm. And Putin's response to that was, you clearly need a history lesson if you ask me this foolish question. Yeah. He asked him, did he have, don't you got, don't, don't you, aren't you, isn't your degree in history? And he said, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he said, well, I guess I got to educate you on it. Right. You know? And he proceeded to do just that for the next 40 to 50 minutes. Uh, basically uninterrupted history. You know, so if, if you are curious... Yeah. About the history of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Now, one of the best sources maybe available online could possibly be Putin's response to Tucker Carlson during his interview. Which is a short lecture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Certainly is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, and Putin, you know, I, I see a lot of people, their attention spans wore out quickly with that, you know, because the second hour or so of the interview, Putin is answering the questions pretty directly. Yeah. As far as uh, you know, you know Tucker Carlson questioning, you know the things around this invasion of Ukraine, and for me, the connections he was making with the history were clear because he walked the history up from, you know, over a thousand, nearly two, uh, uh, one a thousand and five hundred years ago, yeah, around there. I think he, I think he said eight twenty six. AD and then he walked the history up all the way until today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All the way until today. Through the uh monarchy system, through the Soviet yeah. hit the Soviet era, mm-hmm. through the modern Russia er, Russian era. Yeah. And through all the way to 2014 when the Ukraine coup d'etat went down. Yeah. And a terrorist regime, a terrorist neo-Nazi regime targeting the ethnic Russians on the Ukraine-Russia border was instituted since 2014. Mm. He walked the history all the way up through that. So he made clear that Russia did not begin a war last year. They 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 sought to end a war that that started in 2014. Mm. And that was the big point of Putin's, you know, interview. Yeah. Russia did not start a war last year against Ukraine. Mm. They began the process to end a war. That started in 2014 with the when the West, the U.S. helped the coup take place in Ukraine because they didn't want a pro-Russian uh, president to come into power in Ukraine. Yeah, you know that that did not fit with NATO or the West or the U.S.'s plans for the area. So you know, as we know, what they do, they're gonna cause hell when they don't get their way, and that's yeah. what they've been doing. I mean, you know, what I'm saying he even delved deeper. You know, here I I think that for me. He gave me a little bit of um, a simple explanation that I already sort of knew of, you know, how um, the United States has this imperialism around the world. And he, he was sort of speaking of the United States dollar and uh, how much the United States dollar is so flooded in so many different people's economies, which sort of gives them a leeway. Um, you talk about their money, you talking about their currency and its value. And, you know, that was sort of bleaching out of a lot of various different, um, you know, economies and leaching into those economies. But let alone from that, the United States, to keep that dominance, you know, he spoke on how they put restrictions on other countries on how they could deal with that dollar. So if you notice now, you're finding people getting into these different currencies, specifically Russia and China, um, and you're having people break up old alliances. You know, we've seen with Britain and Black, Black, Blexit and all of those different things. So, you know, he just really, he, he really spoke to how the United States keeps a hold on economies and governments and foreign governments, you know, using this power of the dollar. And so, and, and so then, you know, if we just look into the continent, look into the motherland, we see that all day. Um, it may also, you know, and then I look at it too, because I, I don't think China's currency is making its way into, the, you know, the continent. So, you know, Russia has always been playing from a field of not necessarily imperialism, you know what I'm saying, but uh, security of their empire, you know. And they are trying to, you know what I'm saying, they've been known to make alliances with people and do right by some of those alliances. Um, uh I'll say this. One of Tucker Carlson's alleged like ulterior motives in the interview was to have an anti-China 
type of spin to it. Yeah. So they even brought up BRICS, the yeah. alternative economic uh, 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 solid uh, solidarity group uh, and, and possible, which might end up producing a new currency. Yeah. Uh, you know, South Africa, Russia, China, uh, Brazil, other large countries, you know what I'm yeah. saying, uh, are part of it. We talked about it before on the podcast. Um, and... You know, something to oppose. All in all, this BRICS is, a, is is something that opposes the dominance of the dollar and U.S. and Western hegemony. It's a threat to that. Tucker Carlson brought it up, and he tried to do some fear mongering to Putin and Russia. Basically, asked the question about Russia's dominance within BRICS. Yeah, is it a threat? Is China's dominance within BRICS a threat? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and Russia and, and Putin. Stop that right in his tracks and says no China even though it is such a successful and big uh, country it is not seeking the type of relations that the West and the US have sought it is not imperialistic yeah you know what I'm saying he made it very clear that he wasn't going along mm-hmm. with this anti-China policy you know uh, Tucker Carlson routinely was getting his feelings hurt on there not just because he wasn't able to interrupt and push his agenda very well but also, just because of who he thought Putin was, Putin constantly was showing that he's something different. Like, Tucker Carlson walked into the interview thinking that Putin was a very fundamentalist Christian uh, leader. Yeah. And he basically asked, well, and then Putin downplayed it one time, right? Mm-hmm. And then Tucker Carlson tried to double down and asked him straight up, well, don't you believe in the supernatural? Don't you think, you know, that there's God or the divine at work mm-hmm. out in the world? Putin thought about it for a second. He said, well, personally, no, I don't. You know what I'm saying? I, I see laws as being governed by certain, you know, natural laws. I see societies being governed by certain natural laws. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he and he just, you know, he answered some way like that. But basically saying, like, no, I don't I don't believe in, in God or the divine's presence in everyday life affecting human affairs, you yeah. know, uh, in, in a way that a fundamentalist Christian definitely would. Yeah. In a way that if you think about Tucker Carlson's based in the U.S., Yeah. Evangelist, evangelism, Christian evangelists, and that large community that makes up uh, so much of the Republican base, you know, that may, and, and that is so foundational to the Republican media machinery. I mean, Republicans, or I should say that the United States in some cases, they, we still look at Russia in the terms of um, Cold War. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because in this conversation, you know, Putin exposed the imperialism of the United States. Russia doesn't necessarily have a, uh, um, as I said earlier, he do, they don't have a history of imperialism in the United States. And sometimes, or, or, or any or anywhere in that sense. And so what they do is they, they make, um, they play on us, even the left to some extent, because what they do is they portray the, the, the actual ally, and free trade between countries and governments, then that's when they want to point to imperialism. When those two groups didn't necessarily have an idea of imperialism, they wasn't trying to go take people's shit. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're looking for, because they're competing with the United States, they're looking for influence. You know what I'm saying? The more influence you have around the world, the more access you have to different economies. You can expand your economy and things of that such nature. But those two, China and Russia, they may have had some issues back in the day, you know what I'm saying, back in the Soviet Cold War days. But at the end of the day, those two then sort of said, you know what, let's sit down and uh, maybe figure this out. They you know? share a very large border together. A hell they of a got, border. They got to figure it out. They, yeah. that's, that's what Putin said yeah. the same thing during the interview with, Car- with Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you know what I'm saying, and then you know it's other countries that's getting into that. So you know we always got to look at how the United States frame shit. We in this, we in a country where they they still look at you know they'll they'll make a Putin look like look out like he's an imperialist right now. But then they'll be the same people to try to say black people on the plantation was indentured service and shit. So we gotta you know think. About how this country likes to perceive and 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 give that perception to out, the outside world of foreign powers, because we deal with it ourselves and look at the stupid shit that they come up with 
right here in the United States and interpreting our history with them. You know, I mean, it's something to keep our eye on. You know what I'm saying? And uh, anybody who was a real thinker and a listener, listening to that interview, got something out of that interview. You know what I'm saying? He had to go through the history of Russia and Ukraine to let you know that that's ours. Our empire started technically in that place, you know, which my personal opinion, if it's your ancient ancestors capital, you got every right to go in there and snatch it up. But anyway, that's my, you know, I'm going to let that be my spill on that. We got to move on to the next subjects, people. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, let's keep it moving, Aki. Uh, next, let's talk about uh, some of these crises that we mentioned going on domestically. And one of them that we haven't talked about in a while uh, is the migrant crisis. Yeah. With the immigrant crisis in the United States. Right. And, uh, you know, the basic gist of it that we're seeing here is an influx in the illegal and legal uh, migration of people to the United States. A lot of illegal migration. Yeah, pretty much. And the busing, the large-scale busing of migrant people in groups to large cities. Yeah. Uh, overwhelming the social services that's in these large cities that are set up for them, even though they are, you know, migrant cities, my sanctuary cities, if yeah. you will. They ain't got the, the facilities and the infrastructure to sustain all that. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it seems like there's even a lot of, I mean, I think this is a big part of uh, even white liberals yeah. 10 or 15 years ago that are now on the, either moderates or Republicans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they've seen, you, well, you know what? Us opposing the anti-immigration immigration policies of Republican presidents because we were Democrats and saying, now the, the Republicans... You know, force immigrants out. We're rural Americans. We're going to have sanctuary cities. And then Republicans said, oh, okay, bet. Well, we're going to bust all the people entering these, these southern... No spot. We're we going to bust all these people entering these southern Republican states illegally. Right on up to you. Right on up to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what Texas has been doing. Yeah. So, uh, it's a crisis. Yeah. You know, we're talking about, you know, well over... They said over 150,000... Uh, in New York City, a hundred, a thousand plus of which are not within the actual institutional base. Yeah. Uh, that that New York City is trying to put together for migrants. Yep. That's already filled up. There's a hundred thousand. There's even more people not being served yeah. than are being served. They're pretty much being forced to be homeless because there is no the infrastructure in uh, guarantees or maybe promises that was told to them. That would be here waiting for them. Those those cities are, don't have the capacity to handle them. But let's just be real. Chicago, because we look mainly in Chicago and New York stories. And um, you could say Los Angeles too. But theirs is slightly different. Um, but um, we looked into both of those. And pretty much the shelters are so packed. And now you got these thousands of people just out there. You know, that initially adds to a homeless problem that was already there, that the cities didn't have the resources to deal with then. So, you know, it was just a lot of doubling and layering up on top of each other. You know what I'm saying? But it is sort of important, you know, so I think for us to look at just because um, a lot of this, like specifically in Chicago... You know these migrants. They've been and and no, we looked at how how they come in. It was a it was like blocks full of buses, school buses, like literally blocks full of them. And um, so, what do you think about how would you interpret for the list for our listeners? How would you interpret the black working class reaction? You know, the, so we saw some interviews with black and some, you know, video capturing the opinions of black working class people in the neighborhoods these migrants are being bused to. Yeah. What do you make of their reaction hey, to this? They pissed the fuck off because they already struggling for um to get resources to their communities. You know, um, in some places they're giving them debit cards with money on them. You know what I'm saying? They're getting healthcare in some places and I don't want to make it seem like people are just you know against that um, 
I understand people need health care. And, you know, we got people in here that's, you know, um, need to help. But you do have, and this is probably one of the only times I would ever probably mention our people in the terms of citizenship. But uh, I would be a fool to say we didn't earn it. And it's like, yeah, we're supposed to be citizens. There we go. That's a good term. We're supposed to be citizens. But you're giving resources to people that's not even citizens. Um, They're going to use, like, good example. They shut down. We looked at a story pretty much where the people were complaining in South Shore, Chicago, because they shut down South the, the old South Shore, you know what I'm saying, high school because they said they didn't have no funding for it. And they shut it down. Mm-hmm. Then they brought in migrants and they opened it back up and put the migrants in it. So you shut it down for us because you said you didn't have no funding, but now all of a sudden you got funding for it. So, you know, it's dealing with those issues in these cities. Crime is going up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, we not vet, We don't necessarily know who we getting on that. You know, we would like to think that we're getting a lot of hardworking um, people coming, and I'm not saying we not, you know, but we don't know. And then if you take people who come in and they're looking for resources, he may have been in this country doing whatever he was doing, but, you know, he get to America, the resources ain't there, he right back on the street like he was in Venezuela. And he, gonna, he may just decide to get it in, or she may decide to get it in the way they get it in in Venezuela. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I think it's a pressure cooker situation. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I've seen some discussion on, you know, is this just the result of poor planning and poor policies made by inept, lazy, greedy politicians mm-hmm. divorced from the people? Of course, there's a lot of truth in that. It, that it, 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 this was done haphazardly, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And this is the, the, the result. You know, I've also seen some seen some some people say that this was a little bit more engineered, you know, uh, to bring about hostilities and panic and crises and, and, and uh, scarcity. You know, uh, does that make people more scared, more uh, obedient, or you know what I'm saying? Like, are people able to be used and abused by the elites better in a situation like that, where you know, uh, you know? Their competition is picked out for them. Instead of if, instead of competing with the elites, now we're gonna throw in these big cities. We're gonna throw in some other competitors that's going to confuse maybe a whole generation or half a generation of p- potential political backlash to our policies. I mean, I would say this: it's gonna be definitely diff- It's gonna be definitely some things and changing with us. When you talk about Chicago and New York, those are already largely diverse cities. And one thing we learned about those cities, they doesn't become some mixed population. They segregate once you get to the cities. The Mexicans is around each other. The, 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 the Jamaicans is around each other. The Puerto Ricans is around each other. The Haitians is around each other. Yeah, they they do intermingle. But, like, it's still just still able to click up with your own. And, and on a street level, these can create conflicts. You know, um, now you bring in... You know, immigrants who they may be from, they may like they may move and they may be from, you know, what I'm saying, um, you know, a Hispanic country, a Spanish or a Spanish speaking country, and they come to America and they're in New York with plenty of Spanish speaking people. But guess what? We ain't clicking up with you because you're technically an American. The way I look at it, you're not gonna let me come in on your street business. So they form their own crews. That produces conflicts. It's already been situations where, you know what I'm saying, it's been conflicts between, oh. you know, the the, 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 the local uh, the local Americans and the migrants. Right. I mean, the homeless populations and these new migrant populations that are homeless or semi-homeless. Also between, I mean, there's a lot of uh, Central and South Americans coming. And, uh, of course, Mexicans coming. Yeah. And uh, you see... Uh, you know, we even saw like a, you know first or second generation Americans from those places. So first or second generation American citizens from those places yeah. are not 
friendly to the migrants. Yeah. The, you know, they're anti-migrant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? These are a lot of, a lot of these motherfuckers is voting Republican. We were just talking yeah. about that too. Yeah. A lot, the Republicans find uh, a lot of uh, makeup, you know, some of their base from, you know what I'm saying, these first and second generation yep. Latinos that are here. Yeah. You know, they, fo- they, they vote uh, Republican at much higher numbers. Yeah. Of course, not as much as white people, but much higher than, say, black men or black women. Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, it's 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 you know this is a thing of and you know it's real people are in those cities that's been in those cities for 15 or 20 generations you know what i'm saying it's black people that's in new york that's been in whose family has been in new york since new york was founded since when new york had slaves you know what I'm saying? Like, did you got other people, like, you know, uh, uh, even at the same sense of safe instance, the Puerto Ricans and Cubans and, and Dominicans and Haitians in New York and places like that. Them people, some of them people have been there for 50 and 60 years. You know what I'm saying? And they had to go through the process because there was no concept of sanctuary cities and shit like that then. You know what I'm saying? They had to go through that process and they have become Americanized. So, yeah, they're going to feel a certain way because even if they're still in the projects, if they're in the projects in Chicago and New York and they're struggling to get resources and then you bring somebody, like I say, you bring somebody up here that's not necessarily a citizen. They don't have the, 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 the history here. They don't have the, the, the foundations already established. 15 years, 20, 30 years at a job, a great grandma, all that. They don't have all that established here. They're going to feel a certain way. They're going to feel a certain way. I'm always going to... I know black people was going to feel a certain way. I knew my people was going to feel a certain way because, hey, got good goddamn reason to. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, it's something they're going to have to, you know, work out. I mean, um, it's sort of like the Republicans, like you said, the Republicans like, oh, 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 you want that, huh? You want that? Go ahead and get it. And they sent their ass right on up there. You know? And... It, 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 I did find out that it is a way like cities can refuse those buses like say for instance um, I looked at a story last night Dalton they've been in the they've been in the uh, news lately with their little mayor thing and situation but Dalton is a suburb in Chicago or right outside it's under the control of Chicago I seen a hearing where they refused. They said, we're not going to take them. We don't have the resources for them. Mm-hmm. And pretty much it's a fine that they got to pay. Yeah. And not everybody's willing to pay that fine or willing to say that they was wrong about something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Democrats, for instance, that's like, you know, our free, nearly type of approach to this. Uh, definitely our my constituency don't see you know see it as wrong yeah you know what i'm saying it, it was done it, and of course resources are scarce for a number of reasons and it's not the migrants fault yeah. you know uh but yeah i think we're painting a very complicated picture you know that that that's still developing so we're, we'll see how it develops yeah I it got to get a little deeper you mm-hmm. know it got to go a little further to see what happened with these cities and stuff for sure for sure and it, yeah but uh, let's keep it moving. And uh, next up, we want to talk about some of the discourse around Planned Parenthood's uh, bullshit. <laughs> there you go. And uh, this this reaction to their video on virginity. So, yeah, as mentioned, you know, uh, just as some setup, like, uh, you know, modern society, whether it be in the media and the academy or in nonprofit type of philanthropic type of institutions like Planned Parenthood, organizations like Planned Parenthood. Progressive, you know, in quotes. They, they're always embedded with, you know, ideas, typically those that are decided by the elite. Um, and we talked about how this manifests itself on the academy or in the media plenty of times. And, um, you know, so I, I see Planned Parenthood as part of, part of that matrix and of course, it's not saying Planned Parenthood it doesn't help women, or they don't do some good work around sexual health and providing some services. But you know, there is some important conversations to have around uh, you know some of what's put out there, especially the ideas around family, culture, 
and, and things like family and culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, so why don't we watch the video and we'll, we'll try to pause it as few times as possible. Yeah. So we can get through, I think it's three or four minutes, and then we'll have a fuller discussion afterwards. So let's go and get to it. Virginity. What is it? And what's the big deal about losing it? Let me cut to the chase. Virginity is a completely made up concept. It's a term that was created simply to control and shame people, mainly women. Mm. So, I mean, we can pause it right there. <laughs> I mean, saying virginity is something that was only made up to control and shame women. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I I do agree that it was uh, socially constructed, but yeah. say, but but you see what you see amongst postmodernists. You know what I'm saying? These people like these they don't want to attach themselves. They're trying to look outside of firm definitions of things. Yeah. You know, uh, modernism was about placing, uh, you know, using science to be able to apply names and definitions to the phenomena and the things that we saw around us. Yeah. Postmodernism is is a disruption of that process in a lot of ways. So to say that, okay, and and I see that within the academy all the time. One of the postmodern ideas I see all the time is the idea that if something is socially constructed, it was made up. It's completely made up then, not real in a sense, and not something we should need to, not something we need to respect and keep observing as we enter this postmodern age. It's sort of like if it's racially, if it's socially constructed, it can be socially deconstructed. Mm -hmm. And that's what they sort of trying to do with this type of shit. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Aki. And, you know, but this always works to the benefit of colonizers. This works to the benefit of the elite. Mm-hmm. It's our cultural traditions that bind us together. Yeah. You know, they want us to be cause in a machine without any real deep familial connections. Yeah. You know, familial connections that have traditions that have shaped and formed them in ways that are important to humanity. Hey, you know what I'm saying? What ways that we can't just enter into to the digital age and within three or four generations think that we can just outgrow and be okay yeah. as a as a species. Yeah. That's not that's not true. I mean, most most social constructions, using their term, comes from literal biological and cultural um, habits that's been developed over time. To say virginity was something that created to control women and shame, yeah, and shame, and women. shame women. Like, no, no. What's the alternative? Well, she'll I, probably tell us later on, right? But well, I think I think what this is being like for a culture to encourage children to forego sex, forego pleasure for marriage, and because we see this process as one beneficial to family, community, and nation. Mm-hmm. You know that that this is why we instill it as part of our culture. So I also sense from her uh, kind of an aggression. Or reject or a rejection, I should say, of of that pathway and process, that cultural yeah. process. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Where you know, and, and that's typical of the more uh, you know, free love and, and, and things like that. So, uh, I mean, you know, I think you know, as 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 you know, we come from a culture, or we come from a people that has dealt with things in this most try to deal with things or oh, the more you go back you see things being dealt with in this more purest and naturalist senses um, to, to try to create a world with virginity is not seen as a legitimate concept whether you believe it's a created concept or, or not you know but it's a uh, you know illegitimate concept anymore it doesn't need to be you need to deconstruct virginity no no I mean, to be honest with you, virginity, I think me personally, has always, you know, came from the standpoint of foundation of building family. You know what I'm saying? Um, Loose virginity, to some extent, is what you see in the hood right now. Loose virginity leads to, to some extent, fatherless homes, which leads to what you got going on with us right now. 
Yeah, you know? over half of children raised in follow the song. Yeah, so like virginity is a concept that parents use and coaches use to keep sexuality in check. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To provide checks and balances to youthful sexuality. Yeah, yeah. They, they provide. That's what it does. You know what I'm saying? So in a in in a culture we 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 don't want the boundaries. See that 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 little wing that she coming out of, they don't want the boundaries. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we can get back to it, Aki, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Let it play. Let her talk. Virgin is someone who's never had sex, but it's not as simple as it seems. For one thing, medically, virginity isn't a real thing. In some cultures, people place a lot of importance on the hymen, a thin, fleshy tissue located at the opening of your vagina as a marker of virginity. But the status of your hymen doesn't actually mean anything. That's because having penis and vagina sex is not the only way a hymen can stretch open. It can happen by putting something in your vagina like a tampon or a finger, riding a bike, or doing sports. So you can't tell if someone's had sex by the way their hymen looks or feels. I think little bits like that are helpful type of sexual education pieces. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not mad at the sexual education piece of it. And I think that is, you know, because I think there are women that literally go through that. You know what I'm saying? My hymen has broken. And now there's somebody who doesn't believe I'm a virgin. And it's still important for me to communicate that I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's part of my pride and my self-worth I'm stepping into this marriage with. So I, I can see that being important. So let's keep it rolling, though. Another reason the idea of virginity is complete nonsense is that sex means different things to different people. Generally speaking, society tends to define sex in a very narrow way. Penetration, penis into vagina. But where does that definition leave queer people? Or folks who can't or don't have penis and vagina sex and choose to have oral, anal, or another type of sex instead. And not everyone's first sexual experience is consensual. I would also say, and that I, I, she ended on a good point. Not everybody's first sexual experience is consensual. True. And I, I think it's especially egregious if you ask any parent, if somebody were to rape your child who has not had sex, you would find that especially egregious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You would find somebody who was not a virgin being raped also egregious. Yeah. But to take somebody's purity, something they haven't experienced at all, you know, that's especially damaging. I mean, when you look at the concept of Oak, the, the the especially back in war times, right? If you read a lot of war stories and stories put in war, one of the main concepts that came with war, and if your country got um, attacked or ransacked, is rape came with it, right? You knew that the, the foreign force was gonna come in, and there was a potential that those men would rape those men's daughters. And when you look at the defense. You know, they would tell, like, you have women who would off themselves, literally, before they let that 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 purity be taken from them. You know, the daddy would tell them, listen, here go a knife. You know what I'm saying? It was either one or two, the choice, you know, you had to go. But virginity was a concept that was debate that was created in a heterosexual world. It may not be a concept that can be applied to same-sex marriage, same-sex sex. It may not be a concept that can be applied to them, but it definitely can be applied to heterosexual. But I would say that. But in the concept of rape, that's different. Like that, like that, that's would, a violation. I would say growing up, and I would say maybe even still in, in African American culture today, because I mean, she's trying to speak to society. Yeah. As if society feels one way about things. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to try to like. Like, speak about society in a singular type way is, is weird by itself. Yeah. But within growing up, I would say that uh, if you if you had oral sex, or, but especially if you had anal sex or something like that. Yeah. That was considered losing your virginity. You know what I'm saying? It was common to consider those type of things sexual acts. It's crazy because I'm trying to think back now. Like, I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think like, it was more tat like, yeah, I don't really recall even, you know, like even that, because like we, that wasn't a thing. Say for instance, like when I was in, like when when as a teenager, that just wasn't a thing. I'm a little older, 
But that just wasn't a thing like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, even though we knew girls slept with girls, mm-hmm. we knew there was guys who slept with guys. Like, I don't know. I mean, and all of this has changed through time. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of this changing and, and changing the concepts has taken place in the last 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Let's let her finish up this last 90 seconds, see what she got. Meaning that they were forced or pressured into having sex. There is also a double standard on who carries the burden of virginity. Society puts pressure on men for not having sex at the exact same time they shame women for having it. Make it make sense. Either way. This is 100% white feminist, or you could just say feminist propaganda. The idea that there's a, 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 a double standard when it comes to sexual activity. This idea that men are celebrated for having sex mm-hmm. and are demeaned for not having sex, and women uh, face repercussions for having sex. They're labeled whores. But this, again, this is where feminism reveals its racist uh, background. Yeah. Because when it comes to black men, Mm. What undergirds our extrajudicial killing mm. all throughout American history mm. was part of what this idea that we're savages, you know what I'm saying, is that we're hypersexual. Mm-hmm. We black men are hypersexualized. Yeah. And this is part of the reasons that we're killed. Some years we're killed by police 99 times to every one black woman killed by police. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason is because we're hypersexualized. Yeah. So how can you say that that uh, we we enjoy a double standard? You know what I'm saying? No, that you are comparing yourself to white men, maybe. Yeah. But it, it hurts, especially seeing a black woman parrot this. But it's so normalized. I get where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's so normalized, but that that we just apply this sexual advantage yeah. to heterosexual black men, despite all of. The uh, you know the evidence. Yeah, I mean, I think she just got sort of lacks a little bit of human history. Um, there's some things that's that's natural. There's double standards in universal law. There's double standards. Um, things that can't apply the same. Um, even though they may be equal, they can't apply the same. I look at it like this, right? Virginity was a concept, I think, in my mind that was probably applied more to ladies. And it was sort of based in how the sexual reproduction of how men and women reproduce. So a man could make multiple kids with multiple women, right? Not saying I'm not advocating polygyny, polygamy, or anything. But before the concept of all this, he can make babies with multiple women. A woman can generally only have one to two babies at one time. So when she chose a man, she had to choose that man. You know what I'm saying? Now, that did lead into some things like polygamy and things of that such nature. But that's just the, re- that's just the regular biological basis of why... That became important in society because when a man was choosing a woman and when a woman was getting with a man, that balance was there. You know what I'm saying? Now, we live in a new era. We live in a new time. Things have changed. Concepts have changed. But I don't definitely think that the concept of virginity should change um, or be divvied up. If you want to apply it to different sexual orientations, fine. You come up with a concept. You know what I'm saying? It may not be it may not be able to be applied, but there's an actual biological reason. Even she said it, the breaking of the hymen. Now, yeah, the hymen can break from various different things, but this is something that them people was dealing with ancient times where nobody was sticking a tampon up in them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you, you have to yes, there's been changes in that based on the way the technology has come with women's health and things of that such nature. So, like, you know, with Planned Parenthood, man, it's just a tip. It's a typical thing that they come in with. Um, let me let me say this, too. Well, I'm not ready to demonize uh, a, a cultural tradition that observes virginity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I'm not ready to do that. I will also say that any type of cultural tradition that strips agency from women. Yeah. 
I'm also not for that. Yeah. You know, there has to be a balance. Yeah. And I think that, you know, too often the conversation goes on either side of the fence and there's mm -hmm. no middle ground sought. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, we can talk about both. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? We could we can talk about why why you know sexual discipline is important, and and why you know preserving our cultural traditions is important. Mm -hmm. We can talk about why you know children shouldn't be taught about everything. Maybe the academy or Planned Parenthood wants to teach them about, about in the ways they want to teach them about it. Yeah, we can have all those conversations and still believe that women should be respected and have full agency. You know what I'm saying? There's a but you know at the same I think the other side needs to realize that there's a lot of women, black women included, that is not going for this feminist postmodern bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's really the silent majority, you know what I'm yeah. saying, group in America that's not being heard in a lot of ways. Yeah. The leaders and, and the voices of black women is being chosen for them in, in very new and innovative ways by our enemy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I say this, you know, it's um, it's going to, you know, black people got a shitty history with Planned Parenthood. Let's just say that. Um, hell, it was sort of technically started to eliminate from its founder. One of the reasons was to eliminate, you know what I'm saying, what they considered to be undesirables in society. And we were considered to be in that group. Um. But we do need education. And as you said, she hinted to some nice and, and, and definitely correct things in the video. But she's still pushing the overall agenda. You know what I'm saying? Um, we'll have to see through time. But I, I can't take, I can't like, you know, virginity. I, when I'm looking at the black community, I, I'd rather have a concept back. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we've seen what it's become without a shame of losing it. Mm -hmm. We've seen it, what the community becomes with the with the with the with the not glorification, but the acceptance of it being lost. But there's a lot of black postmodern academics that are trying to find ways. They, they've constructed whole careers around trying to explain to black people why it's okay that over 60% of your children are born to single-parent households. Yeah. It, 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 you know what I'm saying? Where where that's trying to be, read, like, you know, portrayed as some type of progressive or evolved stance. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Where black people have already progressed past he, uh, heterosexual relationships. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though we know the destruction that it has wrought on our children's futures. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And of course, there's anomalies there. I'm one of them. Yeah. I was raised by a, a single-parent household. Yeah. My mother passed when I was six years old. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's t it typically goes the other way, though. Yeah. Where the father is not the one in the home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have my father and his parents. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but, Yeah. And there's not many people from where I've, the situation I've come from, where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? I'm an anomaly in yeah. that sense, big yeah. time. Yeah. Well, you know, based on that, you know, with that idea, you know what I'm saying, in mind, you know, we can, we definitely know the percentage and uh, the probability of children born in two parent households um, can definitely have in be being successful. You know, we, like I said, we see the drawback of basic elder cultural principles such as virginity you know which is tied to womanhood too so like you know we just didn't tie virginity to sex it was tied to womanhood you know um, or you know we have to find a way to balance that because see one thing about society in our society in American society it's saturated with that with sex with sex for sure so you know we we i mean it's literally like well we might as well just embrace it because we too far gone yeah i mean it, it, to, to you know that's how they they try to make it it's definitely seem. tough Aki. i mean men and women males and females if you know we can still say those words sometimes you got to be specific and say male and female if if i say woman and a motherfucker think of you know, somebody who's both male or female. Yeah. And I'm trying to say something specifically about black people that are females. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not gotta say female nowadays. Yeah. I don't mean, you know, it's not disrespectful, but you know, this is just a nigga trying to think through the modern shit going on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Out loud. So forgive yeah. me, but yeah, Aki, I, uh, you know, we gotta find a way. You know what I'm saying? To where, like I said, we can observe uh, the need for discipline, but also observe agency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think we are working towards that. Uh, you know, but you know everything that that comes from our culture in the past ain't evil, bro. Just because it's it's, it's it, it was constructed socially, I I would say if something is was constructed socially, that might be evidence of it being a, a good thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? More often than it being a bad thing. Yeah. This is I mean because you have to think about how many times iron has sharpened iron in that situation. How much steel has sharpened steel in that situation for something to be socially constructed and come out of countless social interactions into a tradition, a cultural tradition. And it's something that exists across the board in the human species. We can go to every elder civilization. And when they begin to get organized, people got to look at how civilizations and humans even organize themselves. You know, went from hunting gatherers to building settled settlements to the been then you're able to establish larger families, and then now you gotta arrange those larger families and make relationships with other families and things that has to. These are all natural progressions, and as we said earlier, it was a way to keep human sexual, um, human sexual appetites in check. The best you could. Nobody, not to say everybody abide, abided by that. Not everybody abided by that. There's plenty of people getting it in in ancient times. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was a way to keep a society, you know what I'm saying? To in. have a standard by which you measure yourself against. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was also yeah, Even like, if you fell short, you know, to have a standard by which to measure yourself against, I think does the soul and the spirit and the physical good. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like you're, like, even growing up, that standard was in place. We was definitely going to the church more back then than people are now. Yeah. And that the black church community of Evansville was vibrant. Yeah. And what was being pushed in there was the biblical rule. Yeah. Of how you approach sex. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There were plenty of people, if not the majority, <laughs> that fell short. Fell short of the glory. But I think we would have been a lot worse off if we didn't have that standard set forth to us yep. of what was right. We would have been a lot worse off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you're right, Aki. It's not about being perfect. I mean, I, I just, you know, we we just got to, you know, um, think smart in all of this right here. And then I hate to say it, too. A lot of this is made to escape shame. This is supported by a lot of ladies, you know, and ladies got an issue with shame. They've always had an issue with shame. So you, you saying you don't see a lot of dimes talking this? No. <laughs> no. People got an issue with shame. You know what I'm saying? Um, we got the numbers on the abortion clinic. We got the numbers on how many of us are going to these abortion cl- clinics. So I, I'll say this too, Aki, and we can end on this note. I think that, I mean, we got we to gotta build something, create something, change, modify something into, just with the recognition, with... It's possible that men, women, males, females, they got two different roles. Of course, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. But we talk about the masculine and feminine. They got different roles. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? How do you form a system with with a recognition of what the you know those different roles can be? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then also, how do you preserve agency and in, in that still? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, too often the conversations are surrounding how do we make the periphery or the minority and how do we take them and bring them to the center? Yeah. I think that's very good for abstract theorizing and intellectual conversation. It's not good when it comes to forming a society and culture and, you know what I'm saying, uh, or, or trying to, you know, yeah. So, I mean, it, it gets troubled in that area. Sometimes the center is the center for a reason. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't play the games with the male-female thing because it go real simple for me. That's how we get on this planet. Mm-hmm. Period. There would be nothing that would supersede to me heterosexual relationships. And I it, accept 
that they are male, male, and female, female sexual relationships. But the male, female is always going to be the center. The reason why is because that's how we get here. That's how we get here, Aki. And and if if there's a crisis in that all-important area... It all goes to shit. I think we've been experiencing a crisis in black male to black female relationships for decades now. Yep. Going on five decades strong as yep. shit, Aki. Yep. There's a crisis there. And then, but you get some black people, they go get a fucking PhD, Aki, and then they sit in their fucking ivory tower and then they look at black people concerned about that critical area of our lives as experiencing a crisis and they see black people commentating and, and responding and reacting to it in, in, in big important ways. Yeah. Now, all they're just a, a Marxist or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. And all they deal with is class analysis. Yeah. And they don't give a fuck. They, they lose touch with why an average black person is still so concerned with an area we're still experiencing crisis. Yeah. And they, they can't understand it, Aki, because they've accepted what the academy taught them. That it's not a crisis. It's actually... It's, it's actually progress. It's yeah. actually evolution. Yeah. It's actually postmodern evolution. You know what I'm saying? So that, that that's, This is where the intellectual divide between the, the, the masses and the academic... I yeah. think stems from in a lot of ways. This is why you see academics uh, mad, calling black people out they calling their own people out their name because they were attracted to Kevin Samuels. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? These they call themselves Marxists, but they can't understand any of the dialectics of the situation. It seems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The fact that there has been a counterinsurgency to our national liberation, and then the people, then the masses, us are going to counter the counterinsurgency. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be perfect, but we're going to search for ways to preserve ourselves. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Get, even despite all the capitalist mess that we in. I'll tell you why. Because the academics, in most cases, in these days, in these days, not all, but in these days, they're led by ideology. And the elders understood that we're led by truth. And then the ideology has to be built around that truth. You saying something, Aki? So that's why we have that divide today. The people on the ground, the masses, we ain't got no time to go through all the theories. You know what I'm saying? We just know how we interacting. He know when he get, you know, we know when we interact something that we've been seeing common and on a regular basis. That's it. And you know what I'm saying? If you're sitting up there in your lofty position... You know, and you're not doing what the true elder academics did, which was come down on the level of the people and study the people in their conditions and create concepts and ideas based off those conditions and realities, which is truths. They was loyal to the truth. They were led by the truth. And that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? If we look at our reality as black people, and then we look at this situation and what Parent Parenthood in this specific video is trying to promote overall in this specific video because there's some other shit we can get into about them too but we're gonna save them videos for another time but if we listen to that overall message it's not aligned up with truth on how based on how we know it how it is in nature how it is in people organizing because that truth or what they saying doesn't add up with the truth of our reality we living in the re we living in the byproduct of this shit. If person want to know how that's gonna well, fuck up a society or a community, look at the black community. We struggled through it, but we still here. But yo, the disorganization and everything else, you need a standard. We're an actual ethnic group, Aki. Yeah. We're not just a terrain for people to apply whatever intellectual or academic ideas they got mm -hmm. and see how it works out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just don't actually believe we're an actual ethnicity. Yeah. Like, we're an actual group. You know what I'm saying? And there's so many stories and ways that we could take it, but you're right, Aki. We should save it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but because, of course, this is a conversation not going to go nowhere. You know, uh, but, you know, with that being said, you know, we're going to wrap up here. We hope uh, you found some of today's conversation intriguing and engaging. You know what I'm saying? We was definitely engaged. Uh, so, yeah, Aki, uh, we're going to check out, you know, check y'all later. You know, peace and blessings to everybody. Yeah. Peace out to the fam, y'all.
And have a good holiday Well not a holiday But have a good work week Cause we on Monday here You know what I'm saying Today was my day off mm-hmm. It was my It was my one day holiday Peace Also enjoy your Valentine's coming up Buy your boots on nice Yeah man Yeah damn Yeah, yeah. With that right there, we're gonna go ahead and go. Gotta go do some shopping. Peace.